Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I am Genevieve Jones. And our guest today is Jess Blatchley. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Hello. How are you going? We are so excited to talk to you. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh, we're doing so well. How are you? Yeah, no, good. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, kind of late afternoon nap time. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> we're like just waking up over here in yeah. michigan and yeah, yeah. you've, london, you've had right? your whole morning <laughs> um, i'm not in london actually no um i'm in a place called cheltenham okay. which is about two hours out of london and okay. on the Sorry. motorway yeah i'm not that far from london i was i mean i grew up in london and uh, my family a lot of my family still live there but me and my husband yes. moved out here about 11 years ago to cheltenham which is lovely it's really pretty and um nice yeah it's great awesome cool <laughs> well thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us oh my gosh um, no problem it's my pleasure absolute pleasure yeah. been looking forward to chatting to you guys oh we've really been looking forward to having you thank so. you yeah Absolutely. yeah we always just we were just talking about how we feel so like like all these people want to do this <laughs> like, yeah. like really they want to talk to so us cool. it, must, yeah. it must be overwhelming i can imagine yeah once you, once you start this sort of barrel rolling it's incredible how it yes i do yeah well i think we found like a lot of people have been waiting for a place to tell their stories yeah. that like will get out even to whatever audience we have you know mm -hmm. and like it's yeah it's felt really cool to be able to provide that well you guys are doing a great thing really honestly and i think as more and more people start to say really how they feel about what's what they've been through and finding vocabulary yeah. for it more and more people will come would want to talk about it i would think sure so, yeah um, that makes sense it's not bittersweet i do it really gladly but there's a part of me that it's not that i'm reluctant but um i understand that how sharing i don't even like that word anymore i know yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i understand how yeah. sharing is a massive massive part about um how members are, contr are controlled in in a co covenant community situation so you know I, I don't, mm. i'm sure you guys have heard of lifton and his i mean there's this guy called lifton who wrote eight components of thought control but from studying right. thought control and mind control and he'd studied um these um victims who were coming back i think i can't remember if it was vietnam or anyway he's an expert wow. on mind reform and thought reform and one of the ways that 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 is implemented is by putting people in into groups where they confess and and that's wow. like a part of it's a massive part it's very deliberate it's very part big part of controlling people's narrative and more than anything understanding really what's going on and so you know for me people people could say i'm twisting it but for me that's what sharing group is right but mask does something that's really great that you love <laughs> you know right. most of us loved sharing group. at least i did yeah i did too you know and i'm one of those people um i'm um what they in Myers-Briggs stuff, they used to call me NF, which is like an intuitive feeling. 
one is I'm that as well. Are you that? <laughs> yep. So like, I, so I don't know if you know this, Jackie, but one of the key components, at least it used to be that, was that we want people to understand us. We want yeah. people to get yeah, us. Yeah. And so I was like an absolute gift for community sharing yeah. groups. Everyone wanted me in their sharing group because I'd be like, I've got a crush on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> myself and I was listening to you guys talking to to that lovely woman um Rachel the last podcast that you yeah. and she said the same thing you know she was saying yeah I, I, you know I feel like I overshare sometimes and I kind of mm-hmm. went do you know what I think that is partly part of some personalities but also being in covenant community mm-hmm. you get really used to that yeah that's very yeah, true you do wow. it every week and then yeah and and it feels good if yeah, most sure. for some people they really don't like it, especially in England. And for people like me, um, who I just you know I'm emotional. I leave my I wear my heart on my sleeve. It was yeah. great. It was like therapy for me, but it was yeah. also a way of um, leaders just knowing everything about me, mm. and all of them. Yeah. swapping that information around which I know they yeah. did because I was a leader and I did it so I know that's what happened mm. um, yeah, yeah. And yeah so I have this kind of bittersweet I'm trying to actually um be better about it because having talked it through with my therapist I understand that it's actually about confession that that element of mind control when we want to just tell everybody everything yeah um, so that's why I say right. it's not bittersweet doing this because I because I, I feel really honoured. But it's like it's, it's a kind of two-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, there's absolutely power and empowerment mm-hmm. in being vulnerable, but only when we have the choice to. Right. Like only when we know that we yeah. have decided to share this, we understand why we're sharing it, we trust the people we're sharing with. And I think in community it was often a requirement. Or, you know, if you don't, there's yeah. you're closed off, you're, you're not, not open to being, you know, advised or yeah. yeah. So I think it just I mean, yeah, it, there definitely is. It feels good to do that. And it's funny because I've, I've talked to several people now who are like, you know, it's funny because, like, community is supposed to make women more passive and submissive. and But I really just tell everyone everything. I'm yeah. just outspoken. And I'm and it's I think that is also yeah. part of it is that, you know, we were taught yeah, to do that. We were. And then, but then also, you know, there's a, another side of it is that we also were taught not to do that. Right. Only in yeah. certain, yeah. We were yeah, also to, to be quiet and not to gossip. Right. And not to right. um, think negatively and not to slander people and to be, you know, kind of almost impassive. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that whole aspect of of community teaching was unbelievably toxic for me. I mean, look at me. Yeah. I, okay. I just Can launched we... straight in. Like... <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm. No, I'm I just caught myself it. too. I was like, okay, let's back up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you. Should, maybe we need to explain what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Who, who are you? <laughs> What's happening? Who are you? 
Who am I? Who are we? Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, just oh god. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, um, I was recruited into the what is now the Antioch community um, at the end of 1979. And the Antioch community is in London, and um, before all of that, I'm from a like a kind of thespian Bohemian family. Um, I have five siblings. Mm. Um, I have, and we weren't Catholic. I still have five siblings. Half <laughs> 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 like, siblings, adopted siblings. Like we were really a mishmash of races. And, you know, so I've got an adopted brother who's Afro-Caribbean. He's, who's exactly the same age as me. He was adopted when he was two and I was two. Wow. So he was like my kind of technically speaking my pseudo twin yeah. and um but my parents were actors um my mum was my dad's second wife mm -hmm. they met in france my mum is mad and french and amazing wonderful beautiful <laughs> incredible oh. woman um, my dad's um passed away about 28 years ago now mm -hmm. but he was um quite a renowned actor and teacher and director so he was he worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company and the Royal Court Theatre and the Old Vic and wow. all of those places yeah. all over France as well. And wow. um, he was quite re well respected in his field. So I could name drop, but I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> this Fair is boring. Enough. I'll tell you off. <laughs> when we were off air, I'll tell you who. More famous I'm relatives are. All of them. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so so then my parents um started a, a drama school called drama center that trained people like colin firth and yeah. some um quite well-known british actors and mm -hmm. that was this so my childhood was all and also my dad worked at the opera house he was a director mm. at the national opera house so our childhood was dressing up and feathers and Oh. music and making oh. up stories and writing songs and running around naked yeah. and oh. um yeah. going to the house in the holidays there's nowhere else for us to go yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, that's um, awesome. i don't know if you guys know opera at all but i met a, an old opera yeah. singer, um friend of my dad's who I hadn't seen and he said oh are you Jesse I met you when you were six you said to me I said to you hello are you John's daughter and you said my daddy wants to produce Parsifal which, <laughs> which is Wagner I mean I was That's annoying weird. and you're like a weird precocious, oh my gosh weird I opera, so much opera culty kid <laughs> that's really cute my oh daddy my wants gosh. to produce Parsifal <laughs> Anyway, that's hilarious. Yeah, amazing. I laughed when he told me. Um, yeah, that's that, so was our, that was basically our childhood, and um, yeah. it was quite chaotic. But it was, um, it, it wasn't all blissfully wonderful. But um, it was, you know, just really cultured. Yeah, yeah. there was that's never awesome. ever a question in my head that I wouldn't be a creative person or an artistic person. I mean, my parents cared more about me practicing the instruments that I played than they cared about me doing maths. 
you know, yeah. they really didn't care yeah. about if I was doing <laughs> six homework, but they really cared if I wasn't going to orchestra or if I wasn't going to choir or, you know, and those kinds of things. So, and um, it wasn't like that for all my siblings, but particularly with me, they, I think they just decided I was going to be the musician. Mm-hmm. So we had this kind of bohemian crazy life and in but then at, because my, my brother is adopted, he there was no support for hi, us with him at all. So, you know, he's a black kid in a white family. Right. And I don't remember one single social worker ever coming around to our house. I mean, oh, wow. there was yeah. nothing. It was just, here you are, plop. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, so, yeah. So he had complicated issues, um, yeah. his own identity and... Um, and as he got older, he just got more um, depressed and um, and that came out in anger and violence and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my parents got to a stage where they just weren't able to cope. Yeah. And they were trying to cope. And yeah. we must have been nine or ten. And my mum started going to prayer meetings um, in the centre of London to these Catholic charismatic renewal um, meetings, which came... I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but they came straight from Ann Arbor. Yeah. Okay, straight from the Word of God and the People of Praise and the Federation of Communities. You know, so we had those booklets in our, you know, in our toilet. I remember my sister just saying, sick of those flipping mad pastoral renewal people (laughs) looking at me while I'm having a wee. (laughs) Sick of me while I'm in a magazine watching me while I'm at the toilet. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we had, you know, all of that stuff was in our house all the time. And um, and then, so so mom was co- really quickly converted and, and also dad. And so they were in the charismatic renewal for a few years. And then um, my brother just was getting worse and worse and worse. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they made some difficult, um, not very good choices about him. Yeah, very influenced by the renewal at the time. So, um, oh well, you know, I may as well tell you. So, um, they took him to be. They took my brother to be exorcised when he was thirteen, mm. like properly. Yeah, like proper exorcist priest. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're very real. Yeah, you know, crazy. They're very involved in community. It's crazy. Wow. So now, obviously, I should say really clearly now, my mum knows that that was a terrible thing to do and is very yeah. sort of feels terrible that she did that. Was involved well, it sounds in like that. they were looking for support and yeah. help really with and just didn't they have, didn't you know, like, yeah. I know that it's, ugh, yeah, you know, trauma can manifest in a lot of ways and yeah. being placed into a new family is definitely traumatic no matter mm-hmm. how great they are. And yeah. it is a really unfortunate, uh, devastating really thing that in community mental health issues were often looked at as demons and yeah. Yeah. And like lit- literal demons yeah, to yeah, be yeah. exercised. That's yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying. So <clears throat> that whole weirdness was going on and then then the federation of communities planted actual communities so this was just in the catholic 
charismatic renewal days that that happened but then they planted actual communities in Europe and one was in Belgium and then they actually you know they sent a mission team to London it it was it didn't exist before that so lots of communities existed before and then they sent their teams in to build it the London community didn't exist it was planted and Mm. and it was planted through connections in the Catholic charismatic renewal so people that my parents had known for years and suddenly my suddenly my parents were just talking about community community all the time so you know we went from a house where we had actors coming over and playing charades with us at Christmas to my dad just going well they sang all the time which drove me insane (laughs) that was the first thing you know yeah yeah, the music was very very big it was a huge part of it yeah so so they just would you know we we were a place where there was music on all the time anyway because of my dad's job you know playing like Wagner seriously but then that became then that became bind us together (laughs) like what is this shit (laughs) and my mum would always do the harmony bind us you know like really loud (laughs) <laughs> they drag yeah. us they drag me and Dennis my brother to Catholic charismatic renewals days and my mom would like burst into tongues and people would t- the kids would turn around and go is that your mom oh my god and me and Dennis were like yeah. oh this is terrible <sighs> worst thing that could have happened to our family oh man anyway, wow what a shift but the massive yeah. the massive massive change was that my dad just became convinced that his old self was bad hmm. and that he'd worshipped the theatre his whole life and um, that he needed to be more authoritative and he hadn't looked after his children properly and hmm. you know and he hadn't been strong enough with us and he hadn't led the family and um, you know even my, my other older siblings who weren't around really because they were all in their 20s yeah they they said to me, Dad just was used to be fun, and then he became this really serious, very authoritarian, um, hard person to be around and judgmental, and it was really difficult. <clears throat> so, so we start we joined what was the beginnings of the Antioch community, and my parents were like one of the first couples. Well, they they not the very first couples, but they were. There was a group of about yeah. five couples and my parents were part of that. And then um, one of the very first things that happened when we joined was that the community leaders who were American, they were from Ann Arbor and from the People of Praise and from um, People of Hope. Mm-hmm. Such a mishmash of of teams from all over the states. Yeah. yeah. Lamb of God community, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the leaders just advised my parents that they needed to kick my brother out and that was that that's what they should do. And Whoa. he he wasn't even 16, he was 15. Oh my gosh. So I came home so from sad. school and my brother had just left with a suitcase and he stole my parents' Bible. <laughs> I don't know why he did, Whoa. but he, he just, yeah, I you know. know. But he, I think it's hilarious. He stole my parents' Bible and he took a suitcase and they put him in a hostel for homeless men and alcoholics. And he just kept going to school. 
He didn't know. Oh, boy. So when I talk about it with him now, he was like, do you know what? I was just bewildered. I had absolutely no idea. And yeah, what do you do with that? Like, What do you do with that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. I mean, I'm saying this, or this is part of the story. Be really, really clear. My mom, my dad's not around, but I'm sure he would regret mm-hmm. it. My mom, like, massively regrets all of those yeah. decisions. Yeah. And my brother's had a lot of therapy and he's talked it through with her and so, you know good. the relationship is definitely restored but good. um but that was the beginning of community life things. for us so yeah. and so um blah 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 i um you know i just got recruited and yeah. um I call it recruitment. I don't use the word evangelism. I know that community people tend to talk about evangelism. I won't use that word. It wasn't evangelism. Yeah. I was already, hmm. I, I already had a faith. Right. <laughs> I like that distinction in the language. It's true. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it is also very deliberate. Yes. So it is, it is recruitment. Yeah. It's definitely recruitment. Evangelism yeah. is bringing the gospel to somebody. It's talking yeah. about Jesus. All right. And you can't yeah. bring the gospel to somebody yeah. who's already heard the gospel. Yeah. All right. Well, and they also decide to kick people out oh, or yeah. to not include people. Oh, yeah. So it's, oh, yeah. you know, evangelism is kind of anyone's welcome and this is selective. Yeah. Anyone's welcome, lest you're lesbians. Lest you're... Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Get married. Or... Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, so I was recruited and I went from somebody who'd had a faith sort of age 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I was quite a sort of nervous child because my brother was very aggressive. Um, Mm. But I had a faith and I would pray for things like, you know, please fix the telly, God. (laughs) And when I went back from school, I was like, please fix the telly, please fix the telly, please fix the telly. I walk back from school and, and then I get home and the telly would be fixed and um, you know or I'd pray I remember these I remember specific prayers being answered as a child I, I prayed for my mom my grandmother said she was going to send me a new dress I was like please let my dress have arrived please let my dress have arrived oh. <laughs> with every step and there you know on the kitchen table was this dress oh, wow. that my grandmother oh, What a powerful feeling as a child. It like, was actually, and it wasn't... Yeah. I actually really remember lying on my bed, age eight or nine, just going, come into my life, God! You know, like, oh, in my arms. Yeah. Off, lying on my bed in the middle of the night <laughs> oh, doing gosh. that. Um, <laughs> and then, um, as I got older, I used, just used to pray for, you know, Chris thingy to ask me out or those kinds of prayers. Yeah. It's like yeah. 12 or 13. So, but by the time I was 17 and I'd been in recruited into community at, at sort of 14, 15, by the time I was 17, I believed in a God who did not want me watching TV, did not want me dating and did not want me wearing any clothes that would draw attention to me. Mm. And that's the opposite yeah. of what yeah. my experience had been. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you believe wow. about whether those were, that was God answering my prayer or whatever, I don't know what it was. But 
it was very real to me and I had a real, so, so that's why I call it recruitment. And I yeah. know that I yeah. recruited a lot of people who were already Christians. Mm -hmm. They had stronger faith than I had. Yeah. But, wow. you know, I evangelized them into right. the community. But basically what I did was recruit them. Yeah. So you were a leader mm. at one point in the Antioch community. How did you get involved? In I was in UCO. And I became a, a leader in UCO. And then um, my husband and I were kind of earmarked for leadership when we were young parents, newlyweds. Um, oh my gosh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, being being in community from an early age and those things being sort of at an age when my brain was just elastic, really. And um, welcomed right. and feeling loved. We had, you know, we had this incredible youth group that was headed up by a person who has allegations of abuse against him and he was the person that actually recruited me as well although nothing you know I've, I'm not accusing him of doing anything to me other than I really regret he recruited me actually I regret that I, I regret that I was ever in it I do regret it yeah I know that's a strong thing to say but I do well anyway. and also you were so young and it I mean, it's kind of gross, like, <laughs> to be recruited by someone else's, you know, I understand the feeling of regretting it, but I also am like, oh, but that's not your fault. <laughs> you know, like you no. said, your brain's elastic and you're, yeah, these people are charming. People and are yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't sit on the fence with this, you can probably tell, mm -hmm. but I don't sit on the fence with saying, oh, some of the things were really great. Yeah. It kept me safe from a lot of stuff. Sure. You know, those were happy years, blah, 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 blah. I still, I, okay, maybe there is there is truth in that, but I still regret it. Yeah. yeah my yeah. life was not my own. Yeah. Right. My life was not my own. I sang about my life not being my own. I was preached mm. at about my life not being my own. Oof. And I was definitely modeled to me by the women and men around me that my life was not my own. Mm -hmm. Supposedly yeah. it belonged yeah. to God. It, yeah. it didn't belong to God. It belonged to the leaders who decided yeah. what they wanted me to be. My life wasn't mine. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't, I thought that was a good thing. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Like, I was very committed and involved in it until I was about 14, and that's okay. when, like, I left with my parents at that time. But I right. remember feeling so safe in that structure right. and in that, like, just kind of being, like, moved around and, like, yes. there's a sense of safety and feeling like just you're being carried from one place to the other. Right. You don't have to think about it. You're right. all good. Like, it's very intoxicating mm. it is and you and when you've been groomed to not think critically which i had been right um 
I didn't think to question that. I loved the fact that other people decided where I lived. Mm. That other people decided what I did. Mm -hmm. That other people decided how I spent my time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, I, I come from an environment that where it hadn't been like that. Right. <laughs> so, um, and my parents really, really changed. My parents when, became very different. And, you know, I feel like my dad, I was like my dad's last chance at, having a good kid mm. I really felt that pressure yeah well you know because you're not going to forget you you realize that if you misbehave maybe someone's going to kick you out right right because you've seen that happen and yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. It did, yeah so something subconsciously happened and you know so and there's it's like you said Jackie it's that like I've never I've never bought a plane ticket mm. for myself Never in my life. I have never bought a plane right. ticket. Yeah. I've never paid a bill. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. we're yeah. a man in community. And we live by those kind of structured, really structured roles. So as we yeah, left, oh, you and I have been God. like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally no, punching figuring each it other. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> figuring it out. You know, calling awesome. each other out. Okay, well, that's the old teaching, Pete. Wow. It's not relevant anymore. But in the early days, Pete just used to say, you're going to have to be wow. obedient to me on this, Jess. And I would just go, yeah. and I would just go, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love I just that do it. you are growing through that <laughs> me together. Too. That's so Like that you're figuring that out with each other. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, mm -hmm. again, not mincing my words, and I know that this will, if there are people still in Antioch who hear this, they're going to they're gonna be wound up by what I'm saying anyway. I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> I'm kind of used to it. But, you know, I actually stand by this. Our marriage was arranged. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Our marriage was arranged. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what I mean by that is, okay, tell me what's not arranged about this you groom somebody and you tell them that this is their sole purpose in life is to get married and have children. Right. That was not my ambition when I was 14. Right. My ambition was, I didn't want to get married. I definitely mm. didn't want to have children. Now I don't regret that. I've got three beautiful, amazing, wish <laughs> me something every day. It wasn't in your plan. But, yeah. but it wasn't even in my thoughts. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be a, a successful flautist, musician. I wanted an mm -hmm. exciting life. I wanted to um, have lots of love affairs. I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. I wanted yeah. to like be in place. And you know, I wanted a life that was cultured. I wanted excitement. I wanted to make my own mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be free. Now, you can probably tell I'm quite outspoken. <laughs> naturally i love it this is my uh -huh. natural personality yeah. Okay? yeah but this is not what i was like when i was in especially not in my teens and 20s in my early days mm. in community how i did, would not have been able to get to leadership kind of role and i i okay. think a lot of people weren't very happy about me being a leader 
because this simmered underneath you know i was like captain yeah. burnshaw inside here going he's clapped that's really who i am and uh, you know, i'm emotional and i'm loud and i'm big and i say stupid stuff yeah. and and um but you're vulnerable you're authentic yeah. you know i i am what i am and um but what i am wasn't okay right. <laughs> um yeah. it was it was i needed to be quiet i needed to be quiet and gentle most definitely i need and and i came to be like my dad i came to um be afraid and loathe who i who i had had been hmm. yeah i was afraid of that girl i was really afraid of that tragic romantic girl that simmered in that i knew i was that but i knew there's yeah. absolutely no way she was going to get anywhere in community right i was not going to yeah. get a good husband yeah. i was not gonna do you know what i mean i, I just you yeah. have to fit in to succeed so in i had to change my personality and i had yeah. an experience of god that was genuine it was real and it absolutely that's what made me stay because i just had this you know moment of dopamine and yeah whatever it was mm-hmm. holy spirit i don't know what it was right but it was enough to make me just say oh my god this must be real so that means that yeah, what they're but... telling me is real and true i have to listen to everything they say and do what they say even when it went yeah. against who I knew I probably already was in there. And I was like, oh man, life's going to be really boring. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Say, oh my God. <laughs> I really, really did. Yeah. And especially like, you can't date. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever did this, but I used to pray. I was like, please, Jesus, don't come again until i've lost my virginity please yeah yes oh yes i've said that prayer oh my god there's <laughs> a community kid who hasn't oh my god don't like, take me away please. don't come yet jesus oh my come god jesus, but don't come please don't <laughs> but not yet. yet not yet oh that's hilarious every time everyone was singing those you know the spirit and the bride say come i was like no yeah <laughs> we wait on oh. this one guys <laughs> Anyway, oh my um, gosh. that's hilarious. But um, but I think that that kind of self-loathing, self-judging, um, horrible thing—just you know, when it gets in there, it stays with you for a really long time, and yeah. um, it's taken huge work mm-hmm. to stop that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was fine when I was a really good Christian. Hmm. I thought I was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, yep. So relate to that. Well, I'm I was just, like giggling over here. Like, yeah. you know what it's yeah, like. I remember that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm successful. Oh my yeah. God. I can do this. I can do this. You know, I mm. would just fall asleep saying my rosary and, you know, so no impure thoughts, no impure thoughts, never, never, no. you know, no. and I would make all these massively radical decisions that mm. I knew would, that the, my pastoral leaders and the leaders in the community and the brothers 
would be really impressed with. Mm. <clears throat> you know, wow, and occasionally Catherine Earnshaw. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Catherine Earnshaw, I'm talking about Wuthering yeah. Heights, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you guys know. Not everyone will, maybe. Maybe they will, hopefully will. But occasionally Catherine Earnshaw would just, she'd just like shriek loudly at the window and, and some mistake would be made. So yeah. I remember, <laughs> and people still throw this stuff at me, the, 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 the small occasions when I slipped. So I went on holiday with my best friend. How dare and her you? Brother. <laughs> oh, and his best friend. <laughs> Mixed company. Oh. <laughs> we got into so much trouble. Oh, it was, oh, it was, and that was like the summer before I was put on UCO Star. And um, my parents just went, here's some extra money. Go have a good time. Aww, <laughs> all yeah. our parents, you know, but, but my boss of UCO was like, I've heard about this wild holiday you're going on. Oh my god! So I was like, mm, it's not going to be wild. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, so you kind of dealing with all of that. You guys know because you grew up in it. Mm -hmm. But um, but I think when I got to like twenty, you know, twenty four. Um. <clears throat> I was discerned for marriage, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that my options were like minuscule. Yeah. Not just small, like absolutely minuscule. It, it was not, a, no one sat me down and said, what do you want to do with your life? You can do anything. Yeah. No one ever said that. No one said, would you like to travel or what would you like to do for a job? Have you thought of being a teacher? Have you thought of, you know, yeah. and some of my friends got shipped off to the States to marry American guys or to meet American. And yeah. I, I wasn't even given that option. I was like, way too weird. <laughs> I was just like, Antioch, you know, stay in <laughs> these wow. four tiny walls. And, um, and um, I kind of just accepted that, it would have to be that hmm. yeah um and i talk to other girls now who who were contemporary with me who left you know around that sort of 18 19 age okay and they, you know some of them are like i just looked around and was like there's literally no one i'm interested in him bye yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> Fuck it all. yeah this is not working anymore <laughs> but you know for some reason i'm not saying that everybody is has the experience that i've had sure but there are enough people who have had the experience that I've had. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so we, so yeah, I had this meeting with my pastoral leaders and I don't know who said these names, but I know I came out of that meeting with two names that I had to pray about. Wow. Yeah. And one of them happened to be the man that I married, which is who is Pete. Yeah. Um, who was also in UCO, but you know, I knew enough to know that I had to pray about it um, dispassionately and not thinking about my feelings and wow. being pragmatic. And you know, anyway. So long story short, that's how I ended up getting married to Pete, and thankfully, I did fall in love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is why people have trouble with me saying this because mm. they're like, "Oh, you were fine." 
Like, well, it worked for well, you. It worked. So. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work for everybody yeah. that way. Well, maybe it yeah. doesn't. I know. And actually, it worked for us. No thanks to flipping Covenant Community. Thank you very much. I was going to say, yeah. it sounds like you guys yeah. really put in the work to make it work. We have worked incredibly yeah. <laughs> Because actually, yeah. when it comes down to it, we have nothing in common. <laughs> yeah. Nothing in common. That's interesting. And, yeah. You know, we're from different classes, which is a massive thing in, in the UK. Mm. Yeah. Pete's, you know, like Vicar's child, Welsh. Okay. You know, yeah. Scientific. Mm. And um, so we had we massive we struggled. We really, really struggled. Yeah. And we struggled with the sort of remnant of that teaching. So even though mm. we were leaders, we were being grown to be leaders. Um, at, at, at one point, um, I because I'd worked for the community as a secretary, I'd seen the dark side of stuff. Yeah, I'd seen the leaders not behaving very well, and I felt um, sometimes they were bullying, um, oh. like the sort the spirit leaders, the men at the right, right at the very very top. And hmm. interestingly, when so Antioch were given the choice whether to stay. You know, all the split, boring, la-la-la stuff that we right. have heard about. Yes. Antioch <clears throat> were given the choice to pick a side. Okay. And three families left who were saying we did not want to be in the sword of the spirit. And all of those families had been involved in the community office. We'd all worked there, and so we'd seen the other side of it. Everybody else, including my mom, voted to stay. Mm. So, um, so we were just, oh, we were just like, we didn't expect that. Yeah. So we were just like, oh, I guess we have to leave now. Wow. Which we did. And. Wow. I tell you what, my children are sort of in their late twenties and early thirties now. They are so grateful to us that we left. So that we left Mm -hmm. um yeah and so it's you know one of these things while it is all so wonderful and you have this sense of belonging and you have this sense of purpose and camaraderie and all of that amazing stuff and everybody loves you you know let's see that was the thing for me everyone loved me and um yeah yeah even though you have all of that, part of the difficulty with it, and the, the, this for me is the difficulty that I have with all of it, is that it underlying all of that stuff that goes wrong on is, isn't right. It's not right. Okay, and because you have all this lovely dopamine hits of, oh, but I've had these friends my whole life, and people that, you know, I treasure and they know everything right. about me and um, we've, we've got so many happy memories. It stops us from actually stepping out and saying, you know what? It's not, it's, it's not right. It's not right for women to not be listened to. It's not right for victims yeah. to be blamed. It's not right for survivors to have to go through yeah. years and decades of trying to get justice for their children's abuse and for their own abuse. That's not right, man. 
yeah that's really yeah. not right it's not right yeah. for them to still yeah yeah bash yeah. on about their principles about how the family should be and how sex should be in families and how people should live their married life right. and how they should raise their children and all of it is it comes from the same source and so because we're so scared yeah. saying negative things and we don't like ourselves saying them i mean i know i, I yeah. hate it it comes at huge cost to me it comes at massive cost to alienate myself yeah. from people yeah. that i love who just want to do their best <laughs> you know they're just trying to do their yeah. best but you know one of yep. the things that's been going yep. on for me in the last um 18 months is i you know, it all came to a head when all this abuse stuff started coming out and those the people involved in the abuse are known to me. They were my friends, or I thought yeah. they were my friends. The value, I, you know, I remembered conversations I'd had with them. I trusted them. Yeah. And all this stuff has come out about them. And, and it made me start to massively question. And I had a person that had been my pastoral leader when I was in the community in UCO who left and when she left maybe a year after she left she she was a handmaid actually she was in the sisterhood and she was in the handmaid and she came back to me and she said what I did to you was okay. really wrong she's like I was out of line wow. oh wow as I said to you the way that I treated you was really out of line and mm. I was I stayed in the community for another 10 years after she said that to me but, you know, I when after we left, wow. she was basically the only person who who spoke any sense to me about any of this. So, you know, when we left, there was literally nothing. There was no support. There was nothing, mm. nothing, nothing, nothing. And I've only been through the last two years having yeah. specific therapy for what I've been through, like the specifically directed at recovering from um, being in a place where I felt like I was brainwashed and coerced. Anyway, I I've been rattling on. Have you got questions? <laughs> no, it's good. I'm, it's great. Um, I do have a couple. <laughs> um, first, I think it's interesting that you know, you said she came to you, your old pastoral leader, and said what I did was wrong, and you stayed for another 10 years, which actually makes perfect sense to me. Because if you're starting to notice things, but people are like, oh, hey, that was wrong. That's like, okay, then, you know, we're growing. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of something you said the first time we talked, that you used, the mm -hmm. Antioch community used to say, if I'm getting this right, correct me if I'm wrong, um, yeah. used to say, like, well, we're not like Ann Arbor. We're not yeah. that crazy. You know, we're not that, we're not that culty right. or whatever. And right. Ann Arbor used to say that about Lansing. Yeah. And Lansing yeah. said that about yeah, people of race. And, you know, it's like we're all kind of passing the blame and just being like, well, that's not yeah. us. There are bad things, but they were in the past or they're in this community. I mean, I think that's us. fascinating to and hear you say it, that. It's and, everywhere. And, it's all you know, it. for me, again, another thing that Antioch people will not be happy about me saying, but Antioch has, has, is famous for doing that. Mm -hmm. It's got away with so much over the years because it's just gone, mm. oh, 
those crazy people over there. Yeah. We, you know, people told me that I had to wear skirts all the time and no trousers, but I took no notice of that. And I just did whatever I wanted to, you know. Yeah, and right. Yeah, and they right. kind of, sense of they have this sort of narrative that they've told themselves that, that, oh, we're fine. I mean, I don't even know who Steve yeah. Clark is, a lot of people will see. Right. I never even read right. his stupid book. I mean, I would, I can, and then, and then they do all of that. And then I say, well, guys, do you know who's still running your organization? Any idea? Steve Clark. Any idea? <laughs> yeah, any idea who's just had Man and Woman in Christ reprinted? Any clue? Right. right. Steve Clark. That book's been reprinted yeah. again. That means that, that that's still in charge, man. He stands by and it. He stands yeah. by it, and he is live and kicking. <laughs> I'm not entirely familiar yeah. with that book. Do you mind if we can just dip in and out yeah. of it real quick? Because I know, like, there's so much language that's specific to community, and I feel like this is one of those things that I have a gap. Okay. What do you want to know? Just, like, what that book is. The like, general message. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Well, it's basically it's okay. I we don't think have to get into it. Who's read it? It's, That's the question. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it, so but it my was, understanding. It was banned at one point, or what happened? No, no, no. It's just it was like the basic outlines of like the gender roles, essentially. Like men are to do this, women are to do that. These are the ways we need to be living. This is the call to a deeper life in Christ, and like you're a good Christian, and but if you're really a better Christian if you're doing this, and you know all the kind of fundamentals. Gotcha. So laid right out in the book. Yeah. Just the preface from the very beginning, you know, there's a statement or I'm not going to quote it here. Yeah. But um, along the lines of the feminist movement, you know, is a dangerous right. movement. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that. language, <laughs> And we feel like God's calling us to stand counterculturally to that, you know, and, and even down to, I know I said this to you, um, Genevieve last time we talked but even down it's it's that's written that that's where I got that information about the songs right even down to songs all right so you know how we used to have all these songs that were in two parts so you have the men singing and they all oh, 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 sing really manly and then I was a songwriter in the community I wrote loads of those songs wow. okay which actually now I have stopped I've stopped them having permission to sing them good for you that's awesome. my husband and i withdrew permission it, it did it was hard yeah yeah, yeah it's like i'm not having them sing my songs i do not want anything of their spirituality linked to anything yeah. to do with me i'm curious which ones you wrote <laughs> you'll have to tell me later because i'm like oh i might be sing those did you go to christ the king yeah yeah yep so um my soul finds rest oh i loved that one (laughs) you wrote that we're amazing wow (laughs) that was one of my favorites i have to say yeah beautiful (laughs) wow so yeah and then we did this one um great great and marvelous that one that's one of mine and then he wrote these songs but my soul finds rest is like 
That's, that's the hit. The hit. That's that it. One that's your so that's your top good. single. I would sing that around the house all the time. Yeah, yeah. hilarious. Anyway, I wrote that. Yeah, when I was pregnant with my first son. Well, I feel better about that one now. Now having met you, it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you've had the journey, and yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, that's metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I wrote these songs that were manly and feminine. But that was, you know, when I read the bits of Men and Women in Christ that I've read. You, um, Steve actually talks about that being a deliberate thing, how they, he'd noticed that there was more, I don't know if you use the word anointing, um, like a, maybe a fusion. I can't remember. If I could quote it to you, if I could be sure. bothered to look it up and quote it to you, then I would, but I can't. Um, but he's, you know, he recognized that even in songs, the role of men and women was um, pleasing, I can't, you know, but that, but that was a deliberate thing. I when I wow. read that, absolutely even more incensed than I already am. I mean, I'm already really pretty fuming about all this. You can probably tell, but that Same. was just like, <laughs> try to steal my flipping music. Yeah, wow. Are you you try to put your misogyny onto my music. Yeah, and to horrified. use it as a tool for manipulation yes and it was a tool for manipulation yeah think about all those lyrics that are in your brains yep you know when i think about particularly those sisterhood songs that we used to sing Mm. in uco that were just for women not for men right just for women all about you know what more can i do to be pleasing to you yeah my life's not my own. It's yours for whatever you please to do with it. I mean, it's just... My life, my time, my body, my money. Yeah. It's just insane to me. Um, wow. And, and I know they don't still sing those songs, but who's yeah. still in charge? Right, right. And it's, it is so... still reprinting that book. Yeah. He's saying it's okay for that book to be reprinted. Yeah. Steve Clark. You can't say to me, it's all changed. It's not all changed, man. No, you got the same person at the top. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 he's yeah. the guru. He is the guru. That's really helpful for me, actually, to hear because um, sometimes we, like I think in the last episode even, we, we were talking to Rachel about like, but where did these ideas come from? Like, did anyone ever explicitly say it to you yeah. or do you just kind of know it? Yeah. Like so much of it having been born and raised and, you know, indoctrinated yeah. from birth is like, I don't even know when someone told me that was my role as a woman, but yeah. that's, what, yeah, I that's know. what I know. And but- so to see that there is a place where it's in black and white and to be reminded that, yes, this is intentional. This is organized. Organized more- is... More- there's yeah. more than one place where it's in black and white. Right, so here's right, right. The subtle, here's the subtlety of it and the shocking, horrific thing that I didn't realize until two years ago was that this stuff was all put in a course. You may have heard of it. it it's this what the split was all about. One of the things that was caused the split was this course. Uh, oh, the Life in the Spirit seminar? No, 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 not that. It was like okay. a course that was specific for elite leaders what oh so i know it because this handmade friend of mine who was a handmaid she's not a handmaid at all but she's one of my best friends and she was a handmaid and she did the course so she knew it existed okay and i've seen that course so those of you who are familiar with the covcom page will see that john flatty puts up 
links yeah. every now and again to incredible documentation that yeah. is very, yeah, very great. To yeah. read. And you've got the whole of that course on there. Okay. And I mean, then there, it wasn't offered to everybody. It was offered to elite people. Wow. It doesn't exist anymore. What created the tension? That's one of the tensions of the split. And so that course, this is from what I understand, it's in absolute black and white. I call it, I decided not, I wasn't going to swear. I'm not swearing. I was nearly going to use a swear word. So everything's welcome here. It's okay. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I mean, I'm happy to swear because I swear a lot, but I'm a teacher, so like this is mm, public, yes, you know. Yes. Anyone could look me up. Fair, fair. Um, fair. Hi, kids, keep practicing. <laughs> I've never heard her swear in my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, and, and it's shocking. Shocking, shocking sh- how clearly it's written out in there. So things like... Yeah. um. Husbands and wives should seek to not do social activities together very much. Um, The first three years of a child's life should be mainly parented by the mother. And then the the father should take over particularly with the sons. Um, It's appropriate to beat a child from the age of um, nine months onwards. Whoa. And that can carry on into teenage years if if that's appropriate to do that into teenage years, then that's appropriate. Oh, um, women should be encouraged not to be emotionally manipulative of their husbands. I mean, I'm saying this. I know it uses those words. Whoa. I'm not reading it to you, but I've read it. Yeah, and oh, it yeah, uses that, that kind of harsh language. Now I know this was the spirit said we'll say that course doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, my challenge is, I talk to loads of young people who, who are coming out of Antioch, who are trying to come out of Antioch, who've left Antioch. Yeah. And this is why I'm, this is why I speak out about it. Because they, they're basically telling my story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The same things have happened to them that happened to me. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me we've learned our lesson, we've changed our teaching, we've loved. They haven't. They right. haven't. Why are why are women leaving Antioch? Right. Why are young people exodusing? Why why are why are women texting me because they, you know, they want to talk to somebody and they can't trust that they can't talk to their leaders? Why is that happening? Yeah. 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 Wow. It just so, feels like they they maybe, I don't know, made ways to make it more subtle or something. Or, like, the fact that those teachings were, in the beginning, like, they're so pervasive in the everybody that they're still leaking out in different ways and just the conversations. Yeah. And, and, the and like you said, like, Steve like, Clark's still leading it. Yeah, and he's a smart like, guy. Like, he knows how is, to, yeah. This is an organized recruitment right. process, like you yeah. said. Or, yeah. Or, and like, the stuff is, it, that stuff runs deep yeah. yeah like if saying it this way is turning people away we'll just say it differently and yeah do it. they're smart it's, yeah it's well it's you know and and it's having been a leader obviously i'm not a leader now yeah <laughs> but when I, was a leader, I know i had conversations about okay so this person's 
having trouble with this area. So let's why don't we give a talk on that? That would be really good. I feel like there's a I feel like there's wow. a sort of laziness coming around about scripture. So how about you know we give a blood you know and that it's just it's controlling the situation. Yeah. Um now, you know, obviously I have a perspective and not everyone's going to agree with me and sure, people yeah. will be able to argue with me about mm-hmm. it. All I know is is what I went through yeah. and um I regret that I was in it even though I would have told you I was happy then. Yeah. And I regret that I that I was in it as long as I was. Yeah. And I regret that I didn't speak out before. Mm. And I regret that I didn't tell my friends before their children got abused. Mm. That's why I really f- flipping regret that. Yeah. Okay, that I didn't speak out. And now my friend's kids have been abused. Yeah. So, oh. um, so for me, it's, it's, it's straightforward. It's straightforward. And part of the difficult positions that I'm in is that I am straddling. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously my mum is still a member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have all these relationships. Yeah. And people want to talk to me about it. And um, I have to make decisions about looking after myself. Right. And, um, you know, I know that by doing what I'm doing, I'm alienating myself. Yeah. I know that some of my friendships won't exist anymore. Yeah. That's and really hard. Yeah. Because I don't want to hurt people. They, I feel like they're victims. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> and, you know, like you said, best. it's your, your feelings of regret are coming from a place of not telling people are not speaking out sooner so it makes sense that even though it hurts them now maybe it's it's the truth and it's it's your truth and I also I know you know this but I just have to say it that it's (laughs) it's not your fault that any of them were abused you know like those were choices other people made and there's nothing about that that. is your responsibility and I know you know I just yeah yeah that's yeah it's the thing that is just really frustrating to me is that I know when I have conversations with current members who defend this, still mm. defending this, you know, they, they have a way of talking as if they're listening and I know they're not. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Not trying to understand you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, try- they're not trying to understand me. Or I mean, there's a part of them, sorry if you're listening now, guys, who have had conversations like with that with law um yeah. you know i i know what i was like when i was in it right right and yeah. i know my brain was going do they still believe in jesus right yeah right are they, do they have a prayer life every day are they praying every day yeah are they going to good church yeah okay what how are they dealing with their children how far what, gone are they mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah are they still you know what is you know, what are their values now? I'm not sure I can trust that. So here's my counter argument to that. They might might sit and listen to what I say and go, aha, 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 and have their little narrative I know is going on back there. I know it is because I 
did it. And I've had many arguments with my mum about it, my poor mum. And um, my question is, why would you trust a man who gets up at six o'clock in the morning to pray and whose actions are to abuse your children? Why would you trust him more than you trust me? Why would you trust his? Why would you trust him more than you trust me? Okay, and my, and and for me, the answer is this: it's so so clear. We're not good because of what we believe. We're good because of how we behave and how we act, and what our actions are. So, you know, there are men that I could name on here who have been abusive, disgustingly abusive to children and women. Mm -hmm. And yet they still get protected and believed, you know, above, because I don't have a prayer life anymore. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I see it. Anyway, sorry, you can see that I get upset about this. No, 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 please don't apologize. I'm just taking it in, you know. It's so frustrating because I know that it's so hard to talk about. And I know that there is, I mean, I feel hesitation to even like say names and stuff. Yeah, I know some of these names, you know, but it's like. But I think that it's for so long not been talked about that it has, like, we were just having a conversation about this yesterday. Like, once things, Genevieve and I were, like, Mm -hmm. Once things are done for so long, everyone starts to just accept them as normal. Until right. someone says, actually, no, this isn't right. normal. And right. even if it's hard and weird because no one else is saying it and we've all been told to be quiet and to obey, this is not normal and it's not okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. Enough is enough. Yeah. And it's not something that happened 50 years ago at the beginning. And it's not something that happened 30 years ago. It's happening now. Like, these are, it's, yeah. It's decades of the same stuff going round and round and round. All right. And I can tell you things that happened to me. I can tell you things that happened to somebody yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, appalling, appalling. And, and we, we had, a beautiful faith yeah yeah we had an innocent beautiful faith and we had friends that we loved and a situation that was clean didn't we all right we had we had genuine love and it got messed up by all of that horrible toxic teaching to help to try and control how we behaved And that makes me unbelievably sad. Unbelievably sad because that, you know, those years when I, particularly when I was in youth, even in UCO, you know, I was happy. And, and that was a beautiful thing that the universe or God or whatever you want to say, that was a, a good thing, a human, beautiful human thing. And um, just got twisted through through twisted understanding of scripture, you know. So, my God, we must be going on for two hours by now, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, it feels like ten minutes. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I went so off, sad. and I did. 
I went off and I did a biblical diploma in theology. After I left, I did a two-year biblical diploma in theology because I knew something inside me was going, I think my brain's a bit messed. (laughs) (laughs) I think my brain's a bit foggy. So I did a two-year diploma in which I absolutely fell in love with scripture, fell in love Mm. with the Bible again. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm in that same place now. Mm-hmm. different reasons for different mm-hmm. reasons but at the time it was just it fed me massively and yeah. the thing that I came out of it going this is not a black and white book mm. this is not a manual right right no, it's photographs and it's poetry mm-hmm. and it's news reports and yeah. it's context context, yeah. context and it's been messed with by men who changed these words many, many they times. they wanted women to think that men had done all of that, you know. So um, feminist biblical theology is another whole interesting area. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh, so, yeah. So, so I know that what was fed me was not healthy always. Some of it right. was. Right. Some of it was. Yeah. But certainly not all of it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, wow. there's a part of me that that I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. Fe- Do you remember that feeling of? Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's so palpable. Like I can. All still... is right with the yeah. world. Yeah, I try and to find it in other ways too. Have you been able to find that yeah. feeling? I'm starting to. Yeah. I mean spiritual abuse for me is a tricky thing because people don't yeah. talk about it no, and when you start talking yeah. about it they give you a really hard time yeah mm. you know you probably know so i know when i i talk about spiritual abuse quite a lot and yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> mostly christians who give me a hard time yeah and my answer to them every time do you know what is like mm. if i told you i'd been sexually abused would you be asking me about my sex life right now right oh wow that's so don't go asking me do you pray to jesus yeah don't go asking me if i think i'm gonna go to hell or not right do you want me to have a flipping traumatic panic attack in front of your face i'll do it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do it. <laughs> have a like in your yeah. face. It's just right <laughs> under the surface. You have no idea. It's bubbling, man. That's it's so bubbling funny. there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know. So I think I found mindfulness meditation really helpful, actually. Oh yeah. So Good. there was there's a girl, a woman now, who I met in Covcom. She was in the youth group with me, and she and I are firm friends, and she's qualified. In mindfulness meditation and so mm. i try and get to her zoom class at once a week and i can tell you i feel the same stuff there wow yeah. that's really interesting that you say that because i also find it in meditation yeah too. yeah like, it ha- it's, it, it's real very very much that it's feeling. the same stuff and yeah. you know what also i don't miss that praying out of desperation do you know what i'm saying that desperation that kind of prayer yeah okay i'm asking you god to just protect my son okay i look i know all right oh yeah yes i'm just like clinging to that 
and I'm you know I'm letting it go I'm letting him go and I'm letting myself go and I'm letting you do it but please don't let him have an accident in that car but you know please don't judge him God because I know maybe he's had a drink but don't let him die you know (laughs) and then at the end of the praying feeling like well I'm a rubbish Christian anyway so he's not gonna listen to me oh my god yeah do you know what I'm saying I mean I really just don't miss that and that, for me, that's like a relief. Yeah. Yeah. You get the good you know stuff without, about all that, without, that. without all that shame mm-hmm. and tightness. Without all and... that kind of, I'm really not a good person, but. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. You get to accept your humanness as well as yeah. your spiritualness. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, when that thing of, I have to pray in God's will. Yeah, yeah. I have to do it okay, right. I need to, so I have to know what God's will is. Speak to me. Yeah, and then trying to figure out what's your own brain and what's God and what's yes. like. And if you're not this, hearing anything, yeah. like, are you bad? Like, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, so I can pray according to your will and then, yeah. then like everything will be stacked up and I'll get what I'm praying for. Right, because... right. Because I have said I don't really want it. So then God's like, okay, yes. then you can have it. Right, <laughs> yep. I mean, here's the interesting, that's such the interesting thing. So since this has all been going on, you know, also I had like a prophetic gift. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Quotes. <laughs> I'm just listening to this, I'm pulling a, a face, a prophetic yeah. <laughs> Um, You know, I don't know if that was a prophetic gift. I have no idea. I think I'm just mm. very intuitive. Who knows, who knows what it yeah. is? I'm intuitive. Who knows happened. what it is? But anyway, I had a prophetic gift, and so and so that inner dialogue has been very, very real to me. And when mm. this all all the dominoes just went, yeah, <laughs> like all the cards just fell. Yeah. Oh, I I just kind of went, God, what do you think about this? Mm. Is this okay? And I kind of heard I I felt this answer came back to me. It came up through me, and it just went. Jessica, you've been spiritually abused. It's okay to be confused about this shit. Mm. Yeah. And then I, you know what? That was massive relief. A massive relief. You know, and and increasingly I find myself, because I do, I am somebody who still prays. I don't Mm -hmm. go to church, and but I do still pray. And often I'm driving around and I feel like God says, or the universe or whatever says, Mm -hmm. What do you want? What do you want? Hmm. And I go, okay, <clears throat> I'd like two books published before I'm 60. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel embarrassed asking for that now. Nice. Good. That's really yes. good. Years ago, I would, I would not have, I would have gone, well, I'd really like that, but, you know, only according to your will, if it glorifies right. you, then, you know. Right. Caveat, caveat, caveat. Okay, no. Yeah. I'd, I'd like two books published, even if they're swearing in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My books. Yeah. Um, I love that. Anyway. Wow. We'll see, hey? Uh, yeah. Jess, thank you so much for talking to us. I feel like this You're has welcome. been awesome. We'll enjoy the rest of your evening there. Thank you. We'll enjoy I'm our gonna, afternoon. Yeah. I'm going to go drink some wine, some I think. Yeah. Yes. Good. Decompress a bit. Yep. That's like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody who continues to listen and support us. It means so much. 
Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, download, and... If, do something uh, nice for yourself. Yeah, and if you feel shitty, do something nice for somebody else. Yeah, we have to help. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.